from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 463. And today's show is brought to you by Hello, Kenro Industries, and Uni Pizza Ovens. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm good. We've got a lot of stuff going on in today's episode. We do, but I'm extremely concerned about this first topic that really just appeared when I wasn't looking um, okay. in our in our show doc. Can you tell me what's what's happening here? This is this is something you added, and I am concerned. The semi annual pen cleaning has occurred. <laughs> I did it. Woo-hoo! I went through, cleaned some stuff out. I had some some real disasters. <laughs> Who knew? But. Uh, <laughs> Now, now they're cleaned. I've I've re-inked some stuff. I've added some new entries, some new inks. I got a couple of those Pannonia inks. Yeah, um, me too. I bought out. some more. Yeah, I haven't got. I haven't really had enough time to to properly try them out yet. So, but yeah. but the colors are nice. But yeah, so I had a couple of pens uh, that were. I had one actually. It's a thing I've never had before, where it was just completely jammed to the point that. <laughs> Like if I was, say I would fill the converter with water mm-hmm. and I would try and twist the converter, mm-hmm. it would just pop off <laughs> the pen. <laughs> so, but you know, it was a lot of uh, nasal aspirator time and hot oh water God. and I got it taken care of and cleaned and it's all good. Wow. I don't okay. know why, why it jammed up. I don't know up, how to take this. It just you, uh, excuse, try, try me again on that one. Try me again on that one. What, what, what? Can you repeat what you just said? You so, don't know why it jammed up. When was the last time this pen had been cleaned? I don't know. But what I'm it, saying it, is it mm. hadn't had a different um, <clears throat> rotation to any other pen, and no other pen did that. And it wasn't mm. like a special ink in it or whatever, you know? <laughs> it's just the way it went. And I had to take. So I had to do some real tender loving care to one of my yeah. uh, Sailor 1911s because Mont Blanc Lucky Orange is one of those inks that gets uh, yeah. a bit crusty. Definitely, you know. So that I had to give that one a bit, a bit of loving care. But yeah, they're all working great. They're all refilled of ink again. <laughs> I brought a new selection of pens here for the studio to me- mix that up a little bit. Feeling good. Yeah. So we're we're good for another year, huh? Good for and another the- year. Yeah. A year from now, you'll be completely flummoxed as to why <laughs> you had any like, difficulty did, cleaning no, your pen. No, I've pens. never had that before. I've never had a pen completely jam up, like that that no liquid would flow through the feet. I've never had that before. <laughs> that's so, that's a that's a skill. I've just never had it before. It never happened to me. And now, I mean, look, it probably won't be a year. It's it's mm. I do it not on a time frame it is on when most of the pens that i like to use have no ink in them that's when i then like all right everything's getting cleaned out refilled reset do you have a general number that you cleaned uh maybe like 15 okay that's less than i thought it would be they like 15 that needed like cleaning and the rest just got refilled yeah yeah yeah. oh god okay yeah. It's all mm. liquid, you know? It's no problem. It's all just <laughs> flying through a, there. I'm going to need a drink after this episode to calm myself down. Maybe you're an overcleaner and I'm an undercleaner and there's like a middle ground. I, I'm not an overcleaner. Mm-hmm. Don't you have an ultrasonic cleaner? I do, but I don't use it. It's really not worthwhile for right. someone in my situation. For you, that would be a different story, I believe. No. But for someone like me, I don't need it an ultrasonic cleaner. I just cleaned up my pens. 
With elbow okay. grease and water. <laughs> okay. That's no problem. Oh gosh, I I actually I I love that this is a topic we can we can discuss um, because it, no it never fails. It, no, no, there shame. is no shame. There, it pens. never fails to inspire me. Um, what can I say? And I'm like having a panic attack over here because I'm I'm creeping. I quickly creep up into like the ten pins inked category, and now I'm like, oh my gosh, I have other pins that I want to ink. I just got you know I just got Pannonia inks in too, mm-hmm. and I haven't inked them up yet because I have too many pins inked already. You see, this is because... why you should be on my, uh, <laughs> you know. That's not going to happen. I don't, I don't think. Oh, are you okay? Are we ready for the show now? I don't know that I am ready for the for the show. Is this the show? Probably. It is okay. a show. All right. It's a show where um, I'm going to talk confusingly about several different products yep. today. Um, we're going to lead that confusion off with the Uniball One, which is a new Uniball gel ink pen. That has been out for several months now. I think this year, beginning of this year, maybe mm-hmm. or very, very late last year. And people have been sending them to me, and people have been wanting my, to know my feedback and want to know what the deal is with the Uniball One. And I just, just saw it as, hey, Uniball has made a different barrel for their gel ink pens, and it looks fantastic, right? I love the style and the aesthetic of the Uniball One. But what the Uniball One actually is is a new ink formulation. Right. So Uni is one of those companies. I'm very happy that they spend time and money and effort and technology time to come up with all these different ink formulations. Right. We've talked about Super Ink over the years since it's it's probably been around longer than we've been doing this podcast super ink technology which is basically just kind of a wash proof gel ink right they have first marketed as like a you know you can write a check back when we were, people were writing checks and you know the you couldn't get your check you know a counterfeit check someone couldn't wash off your ink mic and rewrite the check mm-hmm. and um you know the ink would stick in there and and just be awesome security ink it's like okay well it's just the normal ink that they sell and the super ink is in in most of their pens now, like the DX, which is my favorite, the Signo DX, the Signo RT1, the Signo 207. It's like, cool, good ink, awesome ink, love it as my, my standard ink. And then some point last year, maybe two years ago, they came out with the Signo 307, which the Signo 207, for people who shop on the stationary aisles at stores you see it there next to the pilot g2 right it's the main line mm-hmm. uni gel pen so the 307 it's like oh what's this i thought you know maybe this is like the upgrade of the 207 it's actually a different ink formulation than the 207 so it's like okay they're have their standard super ink what is this 307 ink the 307 ink is cellulose nanofiber ink mike and you ask, I hear you asking, Brad. Brad, what does what what, a, what, is what benefits Brad? What do is, I get from cellulose nanofiber ink? Mike, let me tell you, this actually thins out the ink for a smoother writing experience, which is right. kind of backwards to me when you say it out loud. But fine, like it's a it's a smooth writing. It's a smaller, finer pigment in the ink. That allows the tip of the pen to glide across the page, right? Okay, so you got that, right? Then 
Uni comes out with the one. I was like, okay. I, I literally just thought this was just a new, basically like the RT1, which is the great retractable gel ink pen, just in a new design. I would be down with that. But no, Mike, we now have a third Uni gel ink that I have to try, try to wrap my head around and try to explain what's going on with this. The one ink is a highly pigmented ink, large gel ink particles, like the super ink, so it attaches to the page. But unlike the super ink, it sits on top of the page where the super ink itself grabs into the fibers. The one ink sits on top of the fibers, quick dries for bright colors, but is also permanent like the super ink. So we have all these inks and we have all these pens and it's starting to become a problem to be perfectly honest. It's so much confusing in in the product lineup. They all perform differently, right? You can get pretty much the Signo 207 style of pen in super ink, cellulose, nanofiber ink, and then the one ink. And which ink am I supposed to tell you to use? I have no idea. Like this is, <laughs> it's starting to become a little bit of madness. It's on the one hand, I love the fact that Uniball does this, right? Mm-hmm. That they spend t- technology time and money to make new inks, but then they're losing the plot by not telling us more about who should use what, what's in what pen, crossing their wires in same pen, different inks, like the 207 lineup, like the 207 and the 207 plus are the same looking pen. It says plus on the barrel, but it has two different ink compositions. And if so, it feels different when you write all of these literally feel different. Like I can feel the difference between each one of these independently. Like I don't like they would all be completely fine and good. But when you put them side by side, I'm like, Oh, there is a legitimate difference between all of these inks. So what's the point of this? I really don't know, and that's kind of the point. It's too much confusion in their product lineup. Yeah, like I've read in in your review on the website, you kind of list in more detail the ink properties, Mm -hmm. and I swear they all feel like they're the same to me. Right. They don't do a good enough job at telling me why I should use these inks. They tell me what these inks were designed for, but that's not enough because there's so much overlap and confusion now. And it's one of the things that I love the most. Obviously, I'm spending a lot of time on this type of stuff. I'd love to talk about this type of stuff as much as I would, you know, any other like high dollar fountain pen or something like that, because I find it fascinating, right? This is like a big market for these companies like Mm -hmm. uh, Uni Mitsubishi and Pilot and Pentel and Zebra. And now like Uniball has been my favorite and they, they, I don't see that changing, but my goodness, they are not making it easy for me right now. Um, Strictly for the Uniball one, the best thing I can tell you if you're interested in this pen, because it looks really cool and it feels great, the barrel is awesome. It is not as fine of a line as what you get in your regular DXs and RT1s and 207. I still find those far, far better than the one ink, and it's kind of not close, right? So if you grab the one ink pen and you're just a gel ink pen user, you would think it was nice. The I think if you're a micro tip gel ink pen user, you would enjoy the standard super ink models better. They're better writing pens than than what these ones are. So I'm going to go ahead and try to buy an exact match of 
tip size and ink color mm-hmm. for all of these pens and do a direct comparison on a bunch of different papers I think and that would be get a bunch of different things. Very useful. My feeling on this is mm-hmm. like they make all these pens in their different designs because they're purely just trying to capture people from a design perspective at first, right? Like right. people don't care what the ink is. They just buy the pen that looks the nicest to them, which is why I think they've done... A, a real different look with the Uniball one. I actually think, as you do, it looks really cool and different and, like, young. It's awesome, like it, yeah. It's got, like, a... You know, and, like, the old Uniballs are, like, oh, so boring, right? Like, right, you know, like right. every office is full of these things. They're all over the place. Uh, and they look just, like, ABC generic pen now, like the mm-hmm. 207 and stuff. And then this has a much different look to it, a more modern style. I think that's kind of where they start... And then I, I would expect they have these different inks because why not? There are different properties to them. And then it's kind of like we just expect the people that want these properties will find it. Yeah, but the that that's where I have the problem is yep. you go into the store and you say, man, this looks cool, and you get it home, mm-hmm. and you go, why doesn't this write like my other one? I don't yep. like it as much. And yep. Uniball has done a poor job at saying that, well, it's it's different. These, mm-hmm. these two pens are different. And my point in the article that I wrote is no one cares <laughs> about this stuff at this level, mm-hmm. right? The consumer on the stationary aisle is going, dang, that's a cool uniball gel pen. Oh, I like my other uniball gel pen. And this one's completely different in the way it performs on the page. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to, it leads to confusion. So I, I this is the stuff that I, I think about and I, I like to think about it and I'm just I'm just confused. I they've they've made it more difficult on their consumers. Yep. So good times, good times. I fully expect <laughs> there to be like a, a 207 one plus pretty soon. Like and it's, it's, it's like <laughs> the, uh, medium sized pigments. <laughs> It's going to happen. Like yeah. before the end of this year, there's going to be some amalgamation of all these things into another Uniball pin. And I'm just going to go, well, I guess that's another one. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's confusing. But yes. this does look like a cool pen, though. You are happy yeah. with it, right? Does it come I'm, in a bunch of I'm, colors and stuff, this pen? Yeah, it's got 10 or 12 colors. Right. Um, they have at least a 10 pack, I know. They're really great. The pen feels awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's white, so it and it, the the grip is kind of rubbery, so I imagine it might get dirty, like if you're throwing it in a bag a lot. But I love the clip and I love the knock. Um, independently, it writes fine, but I I would if I have a choice, I would never pick it up. Right. Okay. All right, let's take a break and thank our first sponsor of this episode, and that is our friends over at Kenro Industries, who are introducing and have been have got this beautiful range of pens right now. Uh, one that we want to talk about today is the SD Gold Rush series from Estabrook. This pen has been over a year in development, and they could not be more pleased with the results of their new Golden Child. Gold Rush is here in the first two colors of this collection, and it's the all the shimmer to be expected from the premium SD available in Dreamer Purple and Prospector Black. Gold Rush is so artfully designed, it's almost jewelry-like. 
The new SD Gold Rush series is perfectly blended from the US-made diamond cast material, which makes a wonderful combination of shimmer and gold, and each pen holds unique characteristics so no two pens are alike. Like other premium SD pens made from diamond cast, Gold Rush is this season's introduction and is available in limited quantities and will likely be gone just as quickly as the gold boom was itself. The mm. premium Gold Rush SDs will be available as standard and oversized gold trim fountain pens, plus it's available as a rollerball and for the first time a ballpoint pen as well. So I have one of the, um, the as I said before, the diamond cast material in one of the different series. I have mm-hmm. the Rocky Top one. And I absolutely love this Estabrook pen. Like it's, I loved it when I got it and it continues to grow on me. Um, I think that they're doing such a wonderful job with this range of pens right now. I think I have the exact same feeling. I have one of the the first Sparkle series diamond cast materials, like in the, the I don't know if they called it Colorado blue or uh, Tanzanite, I think it mm-hmm. was. Uh, or I don't know, it's a bright blue turquoise. And I just love it. And the more I use it, the more I loved it. And I think these Gold Rush models are the exact same way. I think they look awesome. I love the materials. It would be hard to pick between the two if you're, you know, like the aesthetic of the pen. Like mm-hmm. they both have gold trim. They both have a good gold swirl. One's purple based and one's black I'm, based. I'm into the pup, the dream of purple personally. I, I think that think... purple and gold is so unique as a color. Like I feel like I don't see that together a lot. I agree. And I think that would, if I was personally picking one, that's the one I would go with. But I think the black is just completely cool. It's like a modern classy look, yep. right? I think it's really good. That Here's the thing, Mike. I'm so happy to be talking about these after talking about the Univolve one, because I generally love the SD and spoiler alert, not this model the, because of the diamond cast material, but the standard shape of this pen. It's when I redo my top five pins between 100 and 200 dollars the esterbrook sd is going to make it so if you like the sd already this is your upgraded version where you get um you know the the diamond cast material upgrade and uh it, it just looks awesome so head over to pen chalet that's pen as you know the wonderful pen chalet you can see the new sd gold rush series from esterbrook our thanks to camro industries for their continued support of this show and relay fm all right, so another very, very confusing topic, although one I don't have as defined thoughts on, is the Tomoe River paper discussion that continues to happen. Um, our good friend CY and Jacob talked about the latest on episode 32 of the Tokyo Inklings podcast. You should go listen to that because they have more information than I'm going to relay to you today. But the gist of this is, so if we circle back to the original panic, right? That Tomoe River paper, what we know as Tomoe River paper, was, I guess, discontinued is the best way to put it. I still don't even know the proper phrase, but basically the manufacturer shut down the machine that made our popular, famous Tomoe River paper that we all came to know and love as fountain pen users. Then they switched it over to a separate machine that produced a different result, mm-hmm. which we called new Tomoe River paper. It was a good paper. It was a little different, in my opinion, than the old Tomoe River paper and not as interesting or compelling of a paper. 
now the word is that that machine is getting shut down. And I'm serious. Like, don't listen to me. Go listen to CY and Jacob. They put in the time. Jacob's <laughs> Jacob called Tomoegawa, the printer company. And Jacob's like, Jacob's like on the hunt to find the answer. Like, what's going to happen? Just trying to figure out. Um, is it going away for good? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to our beloved Hobonichis, right? You know, who is going to pick up the mantle of this paper that is so ingrained into fountain pen lore these days? You know, are, are we seeing really, really the end of it? Um, I'm, you know, I've always come over, come at it from the point where I'm not overly concerned, right? There's a lot of manufacturers out there with a lot of technology and a lot of machinery and a lot of know-how that are always, you know, working on the next thing. Mm -hmm. And I certainly think there will be a next thing. I don't know that if you love, love Tomoe River paper, the original, are you going to ever find a 100% complimentary match? I don't know that you will, but you're going to find something out there that's pretty darn good. And I just continue to follow this story, not because of our community or our show or pen addicts, but because of kind of like Uniball, I kind of watch what Hobonichi does and their whole business is predicated on this classic Tomoe River you know, paper they use. For some reason, I had not considered Hobonichi in this issue. Mm-hmm. So, like, I knew Tomoe River Paper was going away or was... Well, I knew it was changing. Then we yes. now found out it's going away. Maybe. And I've been thinking, like, oh, that's such a shame for, like, you know, Nanami Crossfield and other, like, yeah. Kickstarter-based books that use this paper or whatever. But Hobonichi are completely reliant on it. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Hobonichi has grown to a point where they're pretty much a lifestyle brand, kind of like how Traveler's Notebook broke out of Midori, right? Yeah. And they're just this own institution of their own, and they have Hobonichi fans, and their design elements that they, they're just overall aesthetic and design look and appearance, like that's going to continue. So they just have to be able to say, here's why we changed and why you're going to love it. And I fully expect them to be able to deliver that and they probably i I would bet they're covered for this year but it's after this year it's like the post uh 2021 it's funny planner season so that's what i'm curious about this completely like yes (laughs) last week i made a note in todoist of like to start investigating a backup paper option for my products yeah you gotta know just in the in the situation where something might change you know like we use monk and links right now and i'm really happy with it right but things can change errors can be made they could stop making it or whatever and i feel like i want to just start the process again of finding something which would deliver close enough results if i had to switch you know that's exactly right so it's just it's one of those things where like i was like oh i don't have a backup plan and right. so I should probably investigate one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is, again, another one of those things where, like, I'm imagining what it would be like to be Hobonichi. And that thought is kind of terrifying to me. Yeah. So go listen to the conversation and they break down some of, you know, the the companies involved in, you know, the manufacturing of notebooks post paper production, like outside of the Tomogawa 
um, brand overall and mm-hmm. how this would look. But I, I, I just find this stuff super interesting, not from, you know, OMG, I'm losing my favorite paper, but just how it kind of trickles down into our little I community. Mean, considering, I mean, I'm sure that Hobonichi must be the largest buyer of this paper. I mean, who knows, right? This paper was never, it, this paper wasn't manufactured for this usage, right? Like, Tomoagawa is didn't go into the stationery business, right? They're an, basically an industrial printer, right? Mm-hmm. For like magazine pages. So I'm not willing to say that, but I maybe who knows? But let's imagine they're one of you. you they're got, huge. I imagine got, they're huge. It's a publicly traded company. They're sizable. It's got to be one of these things where, and if you're Hobonichi, you'd be like, "Can we just buy the machine?" <laughs> Please, if you're not uh, going to yeah, use it anymore. They talk about that, like Jacob and CY right. talk about that. And it's like, is there a point where the ongoing, the initial cost and the ongoing maintenance is actually worthwhile for someone like Hobonichi to invest in? Mm. And in their case, maybe. Maybe. Know. Who knows how much those machines are and what yeah. the ongoing maintenance cost and, and running cost of those things are, so... So who knows? Who knows? I, I just uh, will continue talking about it just because I find it interesting. It's one of those little stationary niche things mm-hmm. that is like a little, uh, it's a big deal in our world, but like, you know, a well kind of to everyone else. <laughs> but I, I just, I find it interesting. All right. I want to flip the switch a little bit and talk about a pin. I can't put down Mike. Our friend Ben Walsh at Gravitas Pins sent me a new pen to test out a couple of new pens to test out actually so ben's really good about just emailing me and going oh i forgot i sent you this last week look for a package and i'm like okay dude <laughs> it's like i have no idea he doesn't tell me what's in it you know the packages just show up and it's got cool stuff in it and i'm like sweet and a lot of time it's just like the first look at things he's he's coming out with so i open these packages on stream the other day and I, I like to go into these things blind and kind of get my first first thoughts out there so he sent me a fountain pen called the entry we'll talk about that name in a moment but you can guess mike it's would be the entry level type pen um for the fountain pens that gravitas sells so what it is is kind of a long-ish skinny-ish barrel tapered ends capped aluminum pen i have the all black model there are other colors which we'll talk about um tapered end caps on you know the top of the pen and the and the rear of the pen it's a very cool aesthetic that i like the grip section um has grooves in it so it's got like a lined uh grip in there so it, you can have a it's not too slick on your hands sometimes you know those grips can get slick as we yeah. talk about with our spoke you know icons you know ours are smooth so this has a little more tactile feel to it and the size shape feel and just like the overall machining of this it really is a basic pen that does not that it it provides more than a basic type of you know feel and use Mm -hmm. and quality right it's it's more than the name suggests it is and for that i love it which color do you have black right so he now has he has teal and olive green were the launch colors along with black and now he's got purple and i want to say a blue coming soon right not available yet um 
What what is your initial thought when you see this pen without having held one? I will preface this by saying this is not the pen that people are going to the Gravitas store for, right? Like Correct. Because the Gravitas pens that you know we were talking about them a while ago, they have these really wild skittle designs and rainbow mm-hmm. designs and these etchings and all that kind of stuff and different right. shapes of pens and all that kind. Because and the reason I say that is the entry pen, it just looks very boring to me. Related to the as you scroll down the page. Yeah, I mean, but I would even say in general. Just in general, in general, absolutely, absolutely. Like this, this is not a pen that if I was to walk by, I would even pick it up. Right. But the thing is, it is only 55 euro, and I mm-hmm. bet it's, a, and I'm just going to assume it is a great pen for 55 euro. But just on the face of it, it doesn't particularly excite me, especially when Gravitas offers a bunch of stuff which is, which is very exciting to me, visually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that statement's exactly right and completely fair, right? In just seeing the image of this, you go, oh, okay, that looks normal and fine. And honestly, when you get it, you know, when I unbox it, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Another, you know, just kind of basic, you know, aluminum metal barrel pen. But there's something about the way basically i think he's gotten like all the machining correct for um a size and feel perspective right the balance the weight the pointiness of the ends the ridges on the grip section it's just all those little things that add up in ben's head and gravitas's presentation that okay this is our basic pen right it's right there in the name it's called the entry right this is this is the first pen that you buy and the execution tells me it's greater than that name. So, I mean, I did get this pen for free. Ben, Ben's, I just want, you know, to have full disclosure. And I talked to Ben quite frequently. And I would tell him, like, if I didn't like it. But I don't know. For some reason, I've, like, really latched onto this pen. Also, because I am not a fan of, like, the bigger, larger size pens, right? We've talked about this a million times over the years. My aesthetic is smaller, skinnier type pens as opposed to larger, wider type pens, which is what a lot of the Skittles and the Skulls and all that stuff is. So this one just fits me personally as well as any pen I've used in quite some time. And like like you said, 55 euros, that's about 67 US dollars. Like, it's, it's, it's right on the money. I love it. Should we talk about, there's a couple of pens in this document. There's a mm. couple of links and you've added them, but also said you don't want to talk about them. Mm. Um, I, I'm actually going to read what I typed here. Okay. So there's two pens that we're going to mention that I'm going to mention in the show. The Sailor 1911 Trinity and the Lamy 2055th Anniversary pens. And my note is... I don't want to discuss either of these pens, but I want to read the names because if we don't mention them, people will ask. This way we can say, I mentioned them. These make me mad. (laughs) So I'm done. Anything you would like to say from this point forward about the Sailor 1911 Trinity or the Lamy 2055th anniversary? The floor is yours. So the Lamy 2000 uh, anniversary pen is just a brown version of the Lamy 2000 and it comes with a book. I don't, I don't care. 
Um, but that's that. I did just want to mention, so the Sailor 1911 Trinity is all black. It's uh, all black with all black trim and it's like ion plated, all black. And I saw it and I was like, Trinity, where is that? And it took me a minute and I realized and then read the description and got it. For some reason, Sailor have decided to model their new 1911 North America edition on Trinity, the character from The Matrix. And I don't know why they have made that decision. So Trinity, played by Carrie Ann Moss, is the female lead in the show. And I'm just not sure what has compelled them to do that right now. That's what I find intriguing. They are making another Matrix movie. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that's coming out, but soon. I think it's 2021, so I think there is a new movie coming this year uh, in December. <laughs> so <laughs> I just I'm really confused by it. It's not an official licensed product. Um, that's what the 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 route that they decided to go for. I do like an all black on black on black. 1911 but the uh yeah i don't i don't get it so i want you to say something about the matrix pen (laughs) so for the first time in this podcast i think in the history of the podcast i sat back in my chair right so when i sit up and talk in the mic right you have to have a good microphone technique and microphone posture i sat back in my chair because i don't want to say a word i i'm not talking about these two pens okay matrix pen all right, could now that you want to sit back, why don't you instead lie back and put your yeah. head down on a hollow pillow? Because Love hollow, my hollow. <laughs> hollow pillows are incredibly comfortable buckwheat pillows. Very different to your regular fluffy pillow. Buckwheat pillows provide incredible support for your head and neck. They don't collapse under the weight of your head like a traditional pillow with, and they would, and they also stay cool and dry compared to other types of pillows as well. Buckwheat pillows breathe better, so they don't get warm, they don't get humid. You don't know, you don't have to do that flipping to the cool side of the pillow anymore because your pillow is always cool. You can add or remove filling as well to make the, the pillow the exact right size for you, which is also just super nice. Uh, these types of pillows, buckwheat pillows, they've been popular in many countries around the world for years, and they also appear uh, very fancy hotels as well. I've been sleeping on a hollow pillow for multiple years now, and I adore it. I find it super comfortable, very supportive. When I sleep on regular pillows now, I, I just don't have as an experience that I enjoy as much. It is quite as simple as that. Like I really, really love this pillow. It's a very different experience, but one that I enjoy immensely more and just find significantly more comfortable. Hello pillows are made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the United States as well. You should be curious to try one of these out. 
and you can. You can sleep on it for 60 nights, and if Hollow isn't right for you, you send it back, you get a refund. Go to hollowpillow.com slash penaddict right now, and you can get your very own buckwheat pillow. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W.com slash penaddict. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount for up to $20 off, depending on the size that you opt for. They have fast free shipping of every order. 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy, and you get to give it a try. If you love it, you keep it. If you don't, just send it back. Go to hollowpillow.com slash penaddict. Or thanks to Hollow for their support of this show and Relay FM. I would much rather talk about pillows than those last two uh, items mm-hmm. in, in the show. This is one of those products that should not work, but mm-hmm. it does. And those are my favorite kind of prob- products. You know, the issue with those products is you got to get people in the door. And pillows are a frustration point for me. And so when they advertise with us and you had talked about it before, you're like, I'm like, really, does this work? I just went and used the pen Attic code just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like everyone else. And I'll be dang if it's not perfect for me. So yeah, I love my hello. We recorded last week a day early because <laughs> I had some stuff going on and, and I couldn't do our usual Wednesday recording. I had to do a Tuesday recording. And not too long after we actually published the episode, Field Notes dropped their much-awaited 50th edition. I would like to do a dramatic reading of the conversation that we had. <laughs> okay. So this is this is from Slack. Oh, God. Apparently, Field Notes just dropped, says Brad. And I say, damn it, come on, guys. Well, it's my fault, to be honest. Whoa. And then paste the link in. Brad says, really damn good. And then I say, I'm going to have to sub again, I think. I really want all of this. The B words got me. And you said, just finish subbing. And I say, they got us. I couldn't not. Clearly, it was worth the extra time for them. You say, F worders. And I say, LOL, LOL. That's accurate. That's accurate. They could not have executed this this 50th anniversary ish, issue um, edition better, in my yep. opinion. Like, I struggle to think of a product <laughs> that I have seen which is intended to celebrate something that does such an incredible job of achieving just that. So the notebooks themselves, they're red. Uh, and they have like secondary covers on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. Which feature three of they call flyleaf covers. So and the 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 O in field notes on the red cover has a hole cut out. You see through. You see the number fifty in its place. And they've chosen uh, safety orange from dime novel, night shift blue from end papers, and gumdrop green from green grass stain green. So like three, I assume these are important to them particularly mm. right which is why they chose those colors so the, the notebooks themselves they're really nice right then they also created a stamp set of actual like they're not postage stamps but they are stamps they're like sticky stamps right they're not valid postage that have imagery beautiful iconography of some of the things that they do so the way that they stitch their notebooks the way that they choose the paper like it's you know little kind of um mementos of the, the ways that they produce their products, right? So that's nice, nice little stickers, basically. Then if you're a subscriber, you get this Bananas Desk Notebook, which is, 
is they call it a desk ledger, and it has a selection of things. Some of it is just a, a like a desk ledger, and you could just it's just note pages. But then they also have this whole uh, set of pages dedicated to every single like going through almost like a museum piece every single edition with a little bit of text about them and an image of them it really is just like the whole package is just so fantastic and such a celebration but you only get the desk pad if you're a subscriber so both me and brad started a new subscription because <laughs> i really want it i want this you know, like this is a company that I, I really love the work of and have got a big collection of their products. And this is a, a thing that celebrates that history of those products. I want to own it. It's like a little uh, collector's item that I want to own. So I did it. And they've played a, you know, Field Notes has played a big role in the history of this show. So yep. they're an always important brand to us. It's always a brand we look to for unique stationary and cool products and i imagine trying to create this edition was met with a lot of stress it's probably mm -hmm. been in the works for well over a year i'm guessing just trying to figure out what they're going to do for it and knowing that the weight of that number is going to be attached to this edition and how do we execute it you know my when we talked about it being late a few weeks ago, I think both of us basically said our dream edition would be extremely basic, right? Like our perfect 50th anniversary edition would harken back to the original days somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think they just did that perfectly. Like that's all I wanted to see in this notebook because they were able to tell the story like in these fun stamps, which are hilarious. And this desk ledger, which has way more content in it than I would have thought outside of the notepad pages, right? I haven't finished reading this book yet. I just opened it this morning. And I was like, oh, I am not going to finish this before the podcast. But they basically take this book and they they go through and have like a kind of like a by the numbers section, you know, where they have all these these topics like number of butcher orange three packs um, produced for our first quarterly edition, then known as Field Notes Colors Edition, 500, right? This company started making, they made 500 three packs of notebooks. Think about that if you're out there and you're a maker of things or you're interested in making things. That's how Field Notes started. They made craft paper notebooks, sold them to their friends, and they did a special edition of 1,500 total notebooks. That's it. That's how they started. Then they have, you know, just some some funny stuff. One that I enjoyed was number of times Dawson wisely scheduled an overseas vacation for two weeks after launch, then ended up out of town during the launch because it was delayed for two weeks. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just page, page after page of this. And then, um, you know, there's a bunch of, there's a story in an essay uh, from, from Jim and there's some top 10 lists, which I thought were pretty cool. Um, because we always, in the beginning, for probably like the first 20 or 30 dish editions, we would always have like our top five or top 10. I don't know that I could put mm -hmm. one together off the top of my head now. But the top 10 quarterly editions is ranked by current subscribers, Mike. Allow me to read these, if you will. This was a survey sent out. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, It's a surprising list to me. To me. Uh, number one, national, national parks. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Like, 
Uh, number two, United States of Letterpress. Fantastic. These are all fantastic. Number three, Coastal, which I it That's didn't a get a lot. One. It's a beautiful one. one. I think there there wasn't a lot of flack for it in the beginning, but it's one that like did really well. Then people got it and was like, well, I don't know if I can use these kind of gradiated reticles. And now it's just kind of like one of the favorite issues. Dime Novel, number four, mm-hmm. was one of the big... I don't know what the right word is. Not turning point, but it was in field. It wasn't the first oddly sized field notes, but it's the first one where they like really said, Hey, this is what we're doing. And if you don't like it, cool. You know, like we get it, but there's probably going to be more stuff like this in the future. And I was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in dime novels. Great. Number five is really kind of the one outlier on this list. And I'm so glad autumn trilogy. Like I am, a Mackinac Autumn Shenandoah Autumn Trilogy fan. And to see that, I'm shocked that it's in the top five of yeah, me too, honestly. ranked by subscribers. And it's actually, there's another list I won't go through. The top 10 quarterly editions as ranked by folks on the list. So like this is a like their email list. Autumn Trilogy, also number five, which is huh. crazy to me. Crazy. I mean, I'm a super fan, but like, there's no way I would have seen that in the top 10 if top 15. Yeah. Then you have uh, Three Missions, Snowy Evening, Workshop Companion, which surprises me, mm-hmm. uh, Lunacy, and Night Sky. So, yeah, that's the top 10 quarterly editions is voted. The way that I look at this list, there are some great options in there. I think it kind of maybe shows the overall makeup of the Field Notes audience and subscriber time. That they have a lot more people that haven't been around as long because there's stuff back, like Drink Local should be on that list. Yep. Drink Local. Right. Um, uh, National Crops. National Crops should is be on probably that list. number one. Yeah. Fire Spotter, uh, Raven's Wing. Like these are yeah. people that have, have been following them forever. Like they're some of the like real. I'm happy Night Sky's on there actually. It's my personal favorite edition, I think. Yep. Uh, yep. But yeah, there's like some stuff, like especially National Crop. Yeah, like I'm, I'm surprised the oldest. There. I'd have to look. There, there's actually a, a one through fifty list in the back. I believe is of that Night list Sky that the you oldest? gave, Night Sky is the oldest. It's summer of 2013. Mm-hmm. Everything else is more modern than that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's it's just like a, a it's a jam packed book, and. Uh, when you go to the back, like after the ledger pages, there's the section called the gallery, and that's where, like, on each each page, it's like four or five of the the editions running from Butcher Orange all the way to uh, number fifty. Which I th- it was it was cool to look back at. I was like, oh yeah, balsam fir. I remember that. This is when they used to ship like really weird stuff with their subscriptions. They actually put a balsam fir twig. Like there was literally a branch in your envelope. I don't know if people remember that. Mm-hmm. They put a branch <laughs> of balsam fir in the envelope when they shipped it to you. I was like, this is the dumbest, awesomest thing ever. And like, this is the kind of, this is why we love them so much. Um, and, and still do. I don't want to say that in the past tense, but like they, they've really, really done a good job over the years. Congratulations to the entire field notes team. And, I just look at this. I'm very impressed um, with what they did 
in this 50th release. Uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to flip through this book and, you know, reminisce about my favorites and read all the stories and all the, the notes they have on each of these. Um, it's just really, really well done. So, yeah, and, I would like, like to recommend if, if you have not heard before episode 279 of the pen addict that was when brad and i were in chicago and we mm-hmm. interviewed brian and jim of field notes about the whole kind of history like we were we were in chicago we were on tour then and we got to stop in and with a small audience we had a, a wonderful episode of the show uh, mm-hmm. which i really really recommend that people go and listen to it's really fantastic uh, i look back on that very fondly I do too, and that was right around the dime novel release, so there was a lot yep. to talk about yep. with them, not just in, in how they got there from here, but just how things were changing and how they're comfortable with doing those projects like dime novel, which I think they talk about a little bit in the in the insert book here. So yeah, just uh, very cool. I am interested, Mike, to have a subscription again. Mm-hmm. It's been quite a while. I have no subscriptions right now. I just—it's been a year for me. Um, my yeah. subscription ended at the end of 2019. Yeah, so I, I can't remember. Mine's probably around the same time, within a issue or two. So, you know, it's probably missed like the last six issues or so, and like I'm okay with that. Like, there's—I would have bought it if I if I needed them, but I, I wanted to get this one, um, and I'm anxious now. We'll have to talk about the next <laughs> the next three because they're coming automatically, so they're going to be back part of the uh, the regular rotation. I'm sure, not that they ever weren't, but uh, it's we're, we're we're back on the sub train now. So they got us, Mike. Those f worders. <laughs> All right, so this has been. You know, we. This is probably every other episode. It's 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 a classic, typical panatic episode. So we've already you've talked about Sailor. We've both talked about Field Notes. Now I get to talk about Retro Fifty Ones, Mike, because they came out with an update to the Metal Smith standard lineup pins. Did you have a chance to catch these? They kind of caught me off guard. I I didn't see them until someone sent me a link. I saw them of, on your stream yesterday. The the one that you got. Yeah, so that was I went and ordered them after I saw what they released. They released four in the Metalsmith lineup. I think these are all considered to be in the Metalsmith lineup. So Brutus, which is I, I don't understand the name. I haven't looked at these uh that much. The Barber Pole stripe pin. Very cool, but you know, the traditional red, white, and blue, like Barber Pole stripe. Um that's a pin. The raw brass pin, which we will circle back to that so in Brutus a moment. Is probably referring to the popular eighties and nineties wrestler Brutus the Barber Beefcake. That's the only Brutus the Barber I know. Yeah. So I'm assuming that that's what that's for. I mean, that's about the only time I remember wrestling, and like mm-hmm. that's that's the only so. that's the only thing I can think of. Now I want this because of that <laughs> reference, because I just love that they did that. What is the finial? Is the finial just like a mustache, or does, uh, it, yeah, does I, it relate to the I don't re- know. Res- any wrestling thing at all? Yeah, I, I don't looked. know. If they if I, yeah. I the imagery on the Panchale website doesn't have the finials, so I'm gonna have to yeah. try and find this now. Now, if there was like a, a hacksaw Jim Duggan or a junkyard dog mm-hmm. edition, I, I might have to go there. Um, so, so we'll have to pay attention. Uh, raw brass, which I, like I said, I want to circle back to that one. Patriot, I think is the name of the patchwork flag, you know, American flag mm-hmm. one, which they tend to do once every few years, they'll do some kind of, so scissors uh, and a comb. Take. 
It's, it's not really. I would have wanted to really... see Shears if it was going to be yeah. Bruce the Barber Beefcake. Yeah. Um, and then Frederick Douglass, which I, this, this is a weird group. <laughs> weird group. I, there's not a lot of consistency here. There's not like a running theme. <laughs> no, there I isn't. don't think through here. <laughs> like we, had, we had four good ideas. <laughs> just to do all of them. <laughs> I keep trying to make these all work together, but they, they don't. don't. Like They don't. They just happen to release when they release these metal smiths. They usually release them in a group of three or four or five, and they they don't generally relate. But I keep trying to make them relate. They just don't. Well, I think um, the first ones were all like presidents, right? That yeah, was, Jeff Jefferson. But then Lincoln. they did like Franklin. I think the but didn't they do a Ben Franklin one too? So I don't know. I'm I've never been a huge metal smith fan, right? That's never been in my jam. I've always liked the lacquered editions. And am I gonna like these the the metal pens? It turns out, Mike. They're not that heavy. They're no, I know. I, I measured them yesterday. I have one. I have a yeah, couple I actually. I have Lincoln, which I adore. Uh-huh. Lincoln. Lincoln is a uh-huh. fantastic. Like I'm, I'm a little. That bit, was one of the great ones. The raw brass, brass one. I'm not sure about. Really, that's going to be easily the bestseller by Maybe. a long time. But is that? It's like going to make your hand smell right. It's going to be that kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, because what I like about Lincoln is it. Do, it doesn't do that so much. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I bet. Yeah, it looks looks fantastic though. I, I would be super intrigued yeah. to see what that looks like, but I wouldn't be able to use yeah. it. I me neither. Like I have no interest in owning it, but I I think it's going to be the best selling one. I went with Frederick Douglass, mm-hmm. um, one because like he's he's a great human being, was a great abolitionist in you know the eighteen hundreds in the U.S. And the design of the pen is just kind of this wavy pattern um, in the barrel. I don't know how to describe it. It has a slight tactile feel in it, mm-hmm. but it's not not very much. I need to get some close ups because it's got some depth to it. And I couldn't. I'm. I should have bought a metalsmith pen before now. I am really really happy with this one. This one's the one I bought is probably the most metalsmithy traditional metalsmith design, right? I mean, raw brass is obviously full, like you know, classic metal. But this is. Um, what you know, the ones like Lincoln and, and some of the other ones in the past have have always I've had that picture in my head of what a metalsmith pins looks like. So I'm glad I have my own. Um, this Frederick Douglass one, it's it. This is going to stay on the desk. Like this is a really really good one that I'm I'm a little bit late to the party on. I'm very very happy with. So it's good. So yeah, there you go. That's those that release surprised me. Um, this is again like their standard releases. This is something that they do every year, usually. Um, during normal times is have like a grouping of metalsmith pins to release then they might release some one-offs you know throughout the year but there's usually like some type of group uh together and they're great oh uh correction in the uh i i couldn't find the real name of the flag one it's actually called bennington not patriot so there you go just a little correction thank you chat but it was weird that i i could not it was hard to find the name of that particular model because they've done like uh betsy in the past for betsy roth um betsy ross excuse me um so it was weird that i couldn't find the name but yeah check them out they're all pretty good yeah aren't they bringing some of the old colors but they bring some colors just to the lacquered line i saw too they were adding two or three colors and they're bringing orange back or something, I think. There was... I thought it was an olive. I don't know. I saw the post, and then I didn't save it. Yeah, I'm trying to find it myself now. It was on Instagram. Yeah, I saw it as well. Let me see. Uh, yeah. Orange and Kiwi are coming back to the classic ah, Lacquers okay. line in mid-June. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I never. I gave away my original classic lacquers orange mm-hmm. way back in the day because that's that's what you do with retro fifty ones, right? When like the the tornado classic lacquers that are like low twenty dollars, you just you kind of get fascinated by them, and then you know someone in in your life who's not really a pin person, but would appreciate but appreciates like a good pin, and then you give them a retro fifty one yep. like that, and then they go, a bunch oh, of them oh, yeah. that's what a good pen feels like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're, they're like, wait, how much is this? I'm like $21, something like that. And it's like, Oh really? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's how we got into retro 51s ourselves. All right. This episode is also brought to you by our friends of Uni pizza ovens. They are the world's number one pizza oven company because they make surprisingly small ovens that are powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas, letting you make restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. Uni pizza ovens are super easy to use and incredibly portable. They're going to fit into any outside space and can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit, 500 degrees Celsius. This enables you to cook restaurant-quality pizza in as little as 60 seconds. That high temperature is what separates these ovens and the pizzas that they'll make from what you would make in a home oven. One of their most popular models is the Unicoda 16. This is a gas-powered oven that can cook up to 16-inch pizzas and has an innovative L-shaped burner at the back that gives you even heat distribution throughout. Uni pizza ovens start from just $299 with free shipping to the US, UK, and EU, with two of their coolest models being the multi-fueled Unicaru, which can use wood, charcoal, or gas, or the Unicoda 16. Brad, can you uh, tell our listeners how much you love your Uni pizza oven? It's funny. I, I kind of wanted to relate back to the, the hollow pillow anecdote, right? This shouldn't work necessarily, but That you should be able does. to cook restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. <laughs> yeah, it, it not only does, it's spectacular, right? Like, it doesn't... Okay, it kind of works. It's like life-changing like that's too that's too big of a word but it's like oh my gosh this is awesome right the Mm -hmm. it is easy to use it's portable i like i literally take mine out of a storage closet walk it outside pop down the legs hook up the tank fire it up and i'm cooking pizzas in like a few minutes uh after after it heats up in the l-shaped burner on the pizza stone that is that our, our pizza stone is now uh, lovingly flavored with uh, lots of lots of good pizza on there, and um, you fire that thing up to a billion degrees, you know, give or take a billion, and you throw a pizza in there and you cook it in like thirty seconds, and it's awesome. That's like this really works. <laughs> it's so it's such a cool cool thing. So it's full on pizza season here. Um, we're going to break the uni out maybe this weekend and uh, get to cooking. I just, I, I adore the thing. Listeners of this show can get 10% of their purchase of an uni pizza oven, which could be up to $50 off of the uni code of 16. Just go to uni.com and use the code unipanatic 21 at checkout. When you're there, you'll also find a great range of accessories from peels to cutters to oven tables so you can really get kitted out with everything that you're going to want to make that pizza at home like so many people are, especially as we're getting towards the warmer summer months. And so that is why Uni Pizza Ovens are in such high demand right now. So go check that out for yourself and get it fast. Go to uni.com, O-O-N-I.com and use the code UNIPANADIC21 for 10% off a thanks to uni pizza ovens for their support of this show and relay fm all right should we do some rstpa to finish out today 
Let's do it. All right. First comes from Miles. Miles asks, what pocket pen is the best gel pocket pen? I've been trying to use a fountain pen for years. It just doesn't work for me. And I keep coming back to my Fisher Space pocket pen, uh, which works, but doesn't write as well as my favorite non-fountain pen, which is the Uni Ball Signa, Signo Micro 207. Is there something similar to that in a Fisher Space pen style? So I, I replied back to Miles and said, do you know how hard this question is to answer? Hmm. And he's like, yes, that's why I emailed you. <laughs> this should not be, you know, like what Miles is looking for should not be a completely difficult thing to answer. And there's a few kind of sort of answers, but there's no, I don't know that there's a perfect answer for this. So I obviously use the spoke roadie a lot and we ship it with the Uniball Jetstream refill. That is not a gel refill. But it is a what I think is the best like Parker style pocket pen refill. Now there is the Odo flash dry refill, which is it fits that, and I use those in my Retro Fifty One sometimes. But it's a needle tip, right? So there's an aesthetic thing that sometimes I personally can't get get past with conical shape nose cones on pens that aren't designed for the appearance of a needle. Sometimes it just doesn't look right. Like it doesn't look great in the Retro 51, but it's it's workable. So you can buy that refill as an option, but understand that it's a needle. It's 0.5 and really, really good gel ink. Like I love the refill, but I generally don't carry it in a smaller pen because of the needle. It's just a, a me thing. The Kaveco Sport and the Kaveco AL Sport have a gel refill option. It's like a 0.7 Kaveco gel. I'm assuming it's some kind of Schmidt refill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really good. It's not going to write as fine as the Micro 207, which is 0.38, right? But this is the challenge with this. You're, It's this weird like give and take of imperfections that you're going to have to decide is the format of the pen the most important thing that I like is it the writing experience the most important thing that I like because you can get into a pen like the Monteverde Poquito which I've very very much praised but it takes a D1 refill and while I like D1 refills D1 gel ink refills they vanish as soon as you start writing with them like you just literally burn through gel ink in a d1 refill like that's not a match that should happen it does zebra sells them they're very very expensive but you can get you know Jetstream d1 refills that are a little better or other ballpoint but finding the best gel ink refill for the best small pocket pen like a classic fisher space pen bullet is a really tough Mm. tough solution to try to find it it just is and like there's options out there um you know the chat's mentioning the the um big eye design is a ti mini pin but it also takes the d1 refill like the poquito anything you can get a d1 refill you can get a d1 gel refill you're just not gonna like the expense of a d1 gel refill because you will write them you you could write those out. If you're a heavy writer, you could write those out in the span of a couple of days. They're that 
they you burn through them that fast and they're like three dollars a pop so it's not a cost effective thing so mm-hmm. it's just a tough it's a really really tough answer so um i'm i like the kaveco for the wider it's a little bit wider than the fisher space pin a little bit wider gel ink refill but i like the pocketable otherwise i go with things that fit the jet stream refill which is good enough for me for getting that gel style of performance even though it's not technically a gel ink pen. It's a hybrid. Seb asks, is Maiora pens on your radar? And what do we need to know about this Italian pen maker? I'm intrigued. <laughs> they are, as a matter of fact, I just received one yesterday that I ordered and unboxed on stream, twitch.tv slash So yes, they intrigue me. Because at first, I was like, eh, this looks like a little bit wide, and they have this very deep concave grip section, right? That's kind of um, kind of a standout feature. But you got to be sure that you like it, right? And I wasn't sure that I was going to like that until I picked up my Kasama pen, which has a similar very deep concave grip section. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it really I goes actually, for it, this pen. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Combined with like the just the barrel diameter itself, it it's a real standout feature. And I was like, oh, turns out that I do like that and I can work with this. So I ordered a Mayora. I have not inked it up yet. But what I learned as we were unboxing them, that Mayora was founded from employees of the former Delta, former Delta uh, company in Italy, which also shared employees with... Leonardo. So people say that the Mayora pens and the Leonardo pens, you know, favor each other. Well, it's because both of those new companies were formed out of the closing of Delta. So I don't know that that's a, a big surprise. Um, The pen looks great. The price is right. And now I just need to ink it up and and see what's come on so funny. Da- come on down, Brad. Come on down and check out the Mayora. <laughs> <laughs> you have to guess the price now. Price is right rules. Seventy five dollars. Oh no! I mean, I don't know. That was that was terrible. You would probably like win because someone else would go two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. yeah. No, bucks. they're like one seventy, one eighty, something yeah. like that. They're in that they're in that one hundred and fifty dollar to two hundred dollar range that I like so much. So they're just right in there. Right in there. So yeah, really good. So yes, I you will hear more from me on the Mayora pins. I just need to test it, so give me a little bit of time. Another pin I need to ink up, Mike. Oh no. How are you gonna do it? Imagine, oh, imagine having more than five <laughs> pens inked up. Oh. Shawnee asks, can you recommend some pencils of erasers that resist drying out and hardening? I use the Field Notes pencils that have an eraser that does well, but I'd like to mix it up. I cannot. All erasers suck. I actually don't agree with you. Yeah. I have oh, sorry, one. Dis- I, have, I don't uh, disagree uh, with you is what I wanted yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. That's what I meant to yeah. say. <laughs> erasers on the end of pencils never do a good job. You need like a real eraser, I think, to do a good job. Yeah. I looked through some of my reviews to mm-hmm. see uh, of pencils I've gone through. Like I, I generally prefer, you know, like I don't mind pencils without erasers, right? Mm-hmm. So, and when I use a standalone eraser, I'll use, you know, like a like a Tombow eraser, and then I went back and looked and I found my Tombow 2558 pencil review and really enjoyed that eraser that it did a good job, which is, I don't guess is a shock knowing Tombow make 
great erasers as is that their on pencil eraser is pretty good too and that's like the entry level tombow and it performs like way above and beyond like what an entry pencil should perform like so that's one i could recommend and i think that's about the only one that i'm familiar with that i was like oh this is actually a good eraser right generally like blackwing erasers are terrible and i don't even know what some of these other ones are are like and that's why i generally just scratch out (laughs) I never erase pencil, just like pen. I'll just scratch through it and keep going. Just out of habit because it's never a good experience. But 2558 Tombow, give that a shot. While we're talking about pencils, I will take a moment here to pimp Brad's new uh, pencil yeah. collaboration with Musgrave, the Pencil Addict Pencil. Uh, <laughs> it's available on the Pen Addict shop. I'll put a link in the show notes to it. It's a really, really good color, and the design of it's really fun. I think you did a great job here. <laughs> it came out so good. I'm very happy with it. I have not tested the racer, so let me do that right now. <laughs> hang on, hang on, live testing. Let's see if it's let's see if it's crap. So this is uh, Musgrave Harvest uh, number one. It's reasonably dark, um, dark this is, pencil. This is when I'd you say, know you can trust Brad. He's doing it live to tell you if it's bad or not. Um, it's not bad. It's not great. It's average. Okay. Like it's it's soft enough, uh-huh. but it does not like the the you can still see the graphite on the page because this is a this is a dark soft lead, so that doesn't surprise me. So I just had average. a similar experience using something for uninteresting reasons, but mm. it's funny for us. I have been using a stone paper pad today. Oh, Michael. I know. I don't want to use it, but it, it it's a format that I wanted to check out for a future idea that I have. And just I needed I want I needed some pads in a specific type <laughs> of format. And Adina found one. I don't remember the name of the company. It begins with a K. And their marketing is super good because this was what the other thing that we were looking at is like the marketing of notebooks and stuff because I'm I'm approaching Cost K A R S T Adina has provided in the chat, and they are a company whose their website, Cost Stone Paper, is absolutely beautiful. The only mm-hmm. problem is they make stone paper products, which stone paper, if you've never used it, is absolutely horrible. <laughs> I do not know what it's made the, for. That's why the marketing has to be good, Mike. Yeah. So I was just looking it up. And then we got a couple of their products. So I wanted to check out their overall branding and stuff like that because of like lifestyle notebook brands, they actually have one of the nicer overall branding kind of themes that I've seen. And yeah, you're probably right because otherwise we're going to buy it for. But like right. I I was using it today and I tr- everything I tried on it, like <laughs> nothing was really that nice. Like the Mark 1 was pretty good on it. But it's because the ink was like sitting on top of the page, which I've never seen before with the Schmidt refill. And then I was using a uh, pencil, like a pencil also did fine. I think really this paper is probably best with pencils, but like... Yeah, pencil and ballpoint, that's it. But like I just... I don't get it. I don't know. I don't really know what it provides. And it's so thick. And like you tear, I tear off one of the pages and like you're screwing it up and it's like plastic. Oh, I hate, I hate it. But I needed something in the format and I wanted to check out their overall branding. Very nice branding. Yeah. Uh, stone paper though. I mean, I'm sure some people like it, right? I'm sure they do, but I cannot get on board with uh, stone paper. 
Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, just don't do it. Uh, like you're gonna get marketed to, and it's gonna look beautiful. And in the end, you will be disappointed. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the that's that's the because it's the like kicker. I remember when we first tried it years ago, right? Years ago, like a long time ago, within maybe the first year of the show, we both got stone paper notebooks and tried them out because we're yeah. sucked into the idea that everybody else is paper made of stone. That sounds so mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, here's the thing. No, it's a bad idea. Don't make paper out of stone. <laughs> Don't, don't yeah. do it. Exactly. So, yeah, that's rough. And uh, final question today comes from Arden Burrell, who says, I got the spoke icon, and I can't get a reasonable amount of ink in it when I fill it. Am I bad at filling? I get my Safari filled up about half the time, and the only pen that I ever get every time is the Kaveco AL Sport. What am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong. It's the converters that are doing things wrong. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are ways to do it to get the best results. So mm-hmm. what I'll say is the, the best way that I've found to fill a converter to as much as you can fill it is dunk it, fill it, empty it, and fill it without ever taking the pen nib or the converter end out of the ink. Because what you're doing is you're expelling the air that's trapped inside by you you fill it and empty it and then fill it again and you'll get as much as you can possibly get in that way. Because you there's air in the converter. You have to get that out. And you'll hear the bubbles when you when you kind of empty it again. But just never remove it from the ink bottle. You still will never fill it up. Right, like a, a, t- a typical converter, mm-hmm. you'll never fill it up, and there are there are ways that you know that you can syringe fill pens as a way to try and do that, but that's more hassle than it's worth, I think, from in most instances, in my opinion. And then there are other filling systems that don't use converters that will let you draw more ink. But yeah, do, just do do what I suggest. I'm sure Brad would agree with me, and you'll get as much as you can get in, and then just don't worry about it. Mike is a hundred percent right in that. So you 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 put the nib in the bottle. You fill it. You do not take the pen out of the bottle. You empty it right back in, and then you fill it again. That way you're going to get like a seven-eighths fill instead of like a half fill. Like, trust me, when I fill up converters in pens, I'm not getting more than like a half or five-eighths fill, right? It's just how it works. Um, they're they're not good at doing the job that we <laughs> expect them to do. So you have to do that double take with the converter. Um, just don't take the nib back out. Just, yep. you know, draw it in, expel it out, draw it back in, all kind of in, in one move without removing it from the bottle. And you're at least going to get a, 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 a better than expected fill from what you've been seeing. So there you go. All right, that's it for this week's episode. If you'd like to send in a question for us to answer in a future episode, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA or use question mark AskTPA in the RelayFM members' Discord. You can also email Brad if it's a longer question at hello at penaddict.com. Penaddict.com is where you can go to find Brad's wonderful work along with many other fine contributors who write wonderful reviews of stationary products. I've been noticing more keyboard content sneaking in there, which I appreciate Mm. greatly. That's um, Mr. Jeff. Yeah, I don't recommend a plank, by the way, Brad. <laughs> they look really nice, but then you also have to learn a new yeah. like typing system. It's yeah, it's a whole new format. Yeah, they're very beautiful and you can get them looking real good, but or muscle memory. It's a whole rec- new muscle yeah. memory, I guess I should say. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless you want to go all in on like the author. Yes like typing layouts uh anyway um if you want to find brad streaming 
twitch.tv slash penaddict. Brad streams at least on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern and recently a lot more as well. Help Brad get mm-hmm. to partner. That's the that's that's what we're doing here. We're helping Brad get to partner. Uh, you can also go to knock.co and spokedesign.com as well. Uh, you can find Brad online on Twitter. He is Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, and Pen Addict on Instagram. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. And hey, go pick up a subtle notebook. Go to cortexbrand.com. You can also get a journal there too. In stock. Mm-hmm. Hopefully always in stock forever. Reliable. And, and not made from stone paper. Not made from stone paper. Made from good real paper. <laughs> Thanks so much to our uh, sponsors of this episode, Uni Pizza Ovens, Hello, and Camera Industries. And most of all, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>